thank you guys for um, being here tonight. Um, I know that the Lord is doing something um, special um, among us. I was even in prayer uh, today. Been in prayer a lot, you know, as you as you prep and hang in the Word and hope this thing works. Okay, praise God. Um, but I was just reminded. The, the Lord said, "This is not even my message." Do not despise small beginnings. Isn't it interesting that Jesus was actually born in Bethlehem and he was put in a feeding trough. The bread of life was actually in a feeding trough. And people were thinking that there was going to be a militant king that came. And it says that he came to his own and his own didn't even recognize him. May we be the type of people that actually recognize what he's doing in the earth. Amen? I believe that God is doing something very powerful here. And, you know... Before I get into my message, Pastor Howard, we just want to thank you um, for believing in us, um, giving us this opportunity, you know, even to be on your worship team and to share the message and do all the different things here. Um, we thank you for believing in us, and, you know, we're committed to you, um, and, we, and we do wholeheartedly believe that God is, is going to be doing something mighty um, through this place, through City of God Church. As we link arms, guys, check this out. As we link arms with other churches in this community, in this area, we are not rogue, right? We will link arms with other churches and other bodies. And I just pray that we have such a voice and a culture and a language where it actually pulls the entire body of Christ together for such a time as this. And so I just appreciate all the years, all the coffee haircuts, all kinds of stuff that you've uh, blessed me with through the years. He gives good gifts, too. I know he talked about me giving gifts last Christmas, or last uh, last message when I was back in this uh, corporate job back in Birmingham, and I was solo. It was just me, so I had a little bit of extra in my back pocket, and um, I knew that his feet needed help. I mean, we we knew that his feet needed help, and there's a verse that says, how happy are the feet? And I was like, bro, you're... you're your feet ain't looking too happy right now, so let me get you some AJ1s, man, and we'll get you sent out on a mission. So that's really why he's actually been preaching a little bit better, right? Because he got some, he got some good, good shoes and made his, made his feet happy. But um, also, I, I, I do love giving gifts, and I, I, I love Christmas. I've always loved Christmas. Um, I used to get, um, I guess, an allowance back in the day. And I would always spend it on Christmas lights. I'd get the little lights for the window. I'd get the multicolor lights. And we lived in an apartment. It was just my mom and my sister and me. And I'd get scotch tape, try to put them up around the windows. Never worked. It'd always fall down. But I had that whole, man, I had that. I was like the, the modern-day elf back in the day. I had that whole house blinging with Christmas stuff. And I've just always just been just always excited about the season. Um, I'd be marking off, I'd have like my own little calendar, I'd be marking off, you know, every day and just couldn't wait. You know, and there's always just that expectation that this season is, is something special. And um, I just started just thinking, even after, you know, Pastor Howard brought his message um, last week when he was talking about Jesus being the ultimate gift. Um, and then us ultimately um, becoming the gift, I remember... Um, I'd just gotten saved. I was, I, was, uh, I was 18 years old when I rededicated my life to the Lord. I spent about three years um, just living uh, really hard the opposite way, got into drugs, got into partying. Um, it was just a really a, a disaster. Um, overdosed when I was 17, 
was in ICU, almost died. Um, my mom and my youth pastor at the time and another guy came to the hospital, actually my uncle, prayed the life back into me. And uh, through just a series of events, um, the Lord ultimately set up a rescue mission through a person. It was a person. He set up a rescue mission from a person that invited me to come start spending time with him. I started going to church, and I remember the day I was sitting here just like you. This guy named Randy Ruiz came up. He was an evangelist. I went to this church called Cathedral of the Cross in Birmingham, Alabama. He put the Bible on the podium, and even during worship, I just kept feeling just that pull the whole time. You know what I'm saying? Y'all, y'all, y'all remember that moment like when you did not know Jesus, and he pulled you into his kingdom? I just kept feeling that pull. And then he got up there and boom, he put the Bible down. And I thought it was just him and I having a conversation. But I remember at the end of that service, he said, does anybody want to give their life to the Lord? Raise your hand. I raised my hand back in the day. It wasn't like check a box. It was like, bro, you coming to the front. So I came all the way to the front. It was a huge church. I mean, y'all, y'all been to cathedral before. It was like weaving here and weaving. And I was the only dude that had raised his hand. But I just remember that God absolutely wrecked my life. And everything was just brand new. Everything sparkled. Everything smelled different. I mean, I remember literally being down there at the altar, and when the Lord touched me, I felt weight just break off my life. I mean, it was, I still remember to this day um, that experience. And what's amazing is that it really was a person. It was a person, a friend, that ultimately became the rescue mission. And I really believe that what God is doing in this hour and with us is that he ultimately wants us to be the rescue mission to somebody. Jesus was the rescue mission where Christmas is the celebration of heaven's invasion of the kingdom of God into the earth. It was a very violent exercise by heaven itself because it says that this is why Jesus came, right? To undo and destroy the works of the enemy. He came to seek and save the lost. And this is why we celebrate this season because we've all been touched by that invasion. And it's a perpetual invasion where the kingdom, it says, does not in, or does not decrease, but it only what? Increases. The government of his peace and kingdom, it says, there shall be no end to it. And this is why we celebrate it. Even Pastor Howard last week was talking about how God is a seasonal God. Like, did he, like, he, he actually is into these seasons, but maybe not necessarily like we're into them. I mean, he's not at Black Friday beating somebody up for a TV, trying to get some J's. Jose, you know. It's not like his celebration of the seasons is like that. I was thinking about this. Even the aspect of communion in 1 Corinthians 11. He says, do this in remembrance of me. And it says, and when you do, it says, you proclaim. You proclaim the death of Jesus. And it's benefits for us. Forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the curse. So when we actually do those things, we actually declare. And so I believe even as we celebrate Christmas, it's the same thing. We're declaring new beginnings. We're declaring a new day in your finances. We're declaring a new day in your family. We're declaring a new day in your marriage. We're declaring something fresh. Even what it says in 2 Corinthians 5, that we are ambassadors of the kingdom. It says, as though Jesus himself is imploring the people, be reconciled to God. Be reconciled in your health, be reconciled in your marriages, be reconciled in your thoughts, be reconciled unto the Lord. And so this is why it's exciting to actually be in this season right now because Pastor Howard has been saying that 
um, we know that Jesus is the gift and we're celebrating the gift, but then he also wants to release gifts in our life and ultimately he wants us to become the gift, right? So just think about that day when Jesus invaded the earth and he split earth wide open. Is it that significant right now in this moment in 2022? Or maybe even more so? Because he says you would do the same things that I did and you, do, you would even do even greater. So it's not just, you know, it's Christmas time. We feel like God's going to do something amazing. No, it's the word of the Lord. God is going to do something amazing. And I believe that even in this service today, that God is going to do something amazing um, in all of us. And I really would encourage you when we get done um, to get prayer. Because that's really going to be the moment. Um, I hope I can preach okay, but at the end of the day, it's going to be prayer and it's going to be the Holy Spirit coming upon you. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil because God was with them. Emmanuel, God with us. Isn't that pretty phenomenal that Jesus himself, like Ben said, the God-man, he was a man just like us. Philippians 2 says that he emptied himself. He made himself of no reputation. And it says he came into the earth on Christmas Day as a man. Everything that actually made him God, he actually left. He tabernacled himself in flesh. And it says that he came here even to, to obey the plan, but it says even to death, the death on the very cross is why Jesus came. He became obedient under the plan. I believe that he's going to do something phenomenal here tonight. So as I was just preparing, I was thinking about Heaven's Rescue Mission. We're going to be that gift. Pastor Howard started talking about this dude named Peter. And I was like, maybe I need to find another guy just so it can be like cool because, you know, he, he brought Peter. and Maybe I can talk about Paul. Maybe I can talk about somebody else. But I ended up staying with Peter. So it's just, it's special because Pastor Howard was talking about friendship last week. Just this reuniting of, of, of heaven with somebody who was very bold, had a big mouth, right? Pull out a sword, cut your ear off type of guy. I mean, out of all the disciples, if somebody was going to probably stay with Jesus, it was probably going to be John or Peter. But you definitely think Peter would kind of bow up and... He wouldn't run, run away from the playground fight. But we, we ultimately know that Peter, at Jesus' we'd say most challenging hour, um, that Peter did uh, walk away. And just as Jesus had actually prophesied, um, Peter denied the Lord three times. Sometimes I actually like reading about Peter because I feel like my life sometimes has a little bit of a resemblance to Peter where I haven't always gone left when I was supposed to go left. I, I, I took another road. Maybe even this week at home when I should have been a better husband or a better father. Maybe, maybe there was just something that I should have done better. And we, we all sometimes live in those moments where like, man, I, I could have made a better decision. I could have handled that a little bit better. And I really felt like I had it in me, but I just collapsed in the moment. And I believe that's what Peter experienced. I believe that he really genuinely felt like that he had 
that capacity to actually walk with the Lord. He says, I'll go to you to the even death. Um, but when it really kind of hit the moment, he, he actually did not have what he thought he had on the inside of him. And so we see this story, and then later on we see that Jesus actually, um, it says restores him. Is actually when you read the, the word, it usually says that in John, in John 21. Um, but it's so special um, to me, like when I read that story, because he hits Peter three times. And he says, Peter, do you love me? He asked him three times. As many times as Peter had denied him, the Lord asked him. And he restores him. Friendship, from heaven's perspective, like Pastor Howard said, is a lot different from friendship the way that we actually see it. But I believe that the friendship of heaven itself will grip this community, and it will grip us first as a church. It will grip. There's, there's a verse that says, there's a brother, there's a friend that actually sticks closer than a brother. And I believe that that same spirit that rested upon Jesus' life will rest upon us as we go to work, as we go to Christmas dinner, as we go to the gym, as we go to Walmart. It's the only way. It's the only way that Tampa will be saved is if people are outside the four walls of this church living under the friendship reign of heaven itself. It's the only way. So I was thinking about Peter. There was a clear change in Peter's life after the resurrection. And Howard hit on this a little bit at the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 when Peter stood up when the Holy Spirit fell and he started just telling all the people that were actually ridiculing the believers, the 120 that were in the upper room, they said, hey, these guys are drunk. He said, nah, wrong spirit, bro. These guys aren't drunk. This is actually what was prophesied in Joel. I think it's Joel, right? Why y'all laughing? I know why y'all laughing. That's Southern Twain. So Joel, right? This is what was prophesied in Joel. That the Spirit of God would be released, right? It's going to fill the hearts. Kids, no ages off limits. Young guys, young girls, old. You breathing? You receive Jesus? Tag, you're it. The Holy Spirit is about to level you. He's going to level you today in the service. Yeah, he is. He may even level you guys, even as we're preaching, because even Paul or even Peter actually started preaching, and it says the Spirit of God actually fell, even as he was preaching. So we give you permission at any time that anybody's preaching or singing that you can absolutely just enjoy Jesus and get absolutely leveled anytime you want. Amen? Amen. So, Holy Spirit, have your way. So Peter gets up, boldly starts proclaiming who Jesus is. That you actually cut off the prince of life, but death couldn't hold him. It's amazing if you go read Acts 1, Acts 2. And it's like, what changed? Because these guys that you're preaching to and you're sharing were the same guys that came to the garden 
to kill Jesus. Maybe some of the same ones that actually were very complicit in the actual acts of mocking, ridiculing, beating him, torturing him, and putting him on the cross. These guys were probably there in the midst. Peter, who actually ran, all of a sudden is there in a unique boldness. It was interesting to me. So we have to ask ourselves, what changed? Like what, like what, like what was it? I mean, you get in the gym? Pastor Howard and Jose or Ben? Huh? Pre-workout drinks? Creatine? Steak? What was it? Jesus told them actually before he died, you start reading this throughout the Gospels, but specifically in John 14, even in John 16 and 15, really those three, he says, I'm about to leave, and you're all going to scatter, right? He says, but I'm not alone because my Father's with me. But I'm going to send to you the Helper. Sorry, Matt, I, got I, gave, I gave him some scriptures, but they'll probably be, I'm kind of going all over the place right now. But he said, but I'm going to send the Helper. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. John 16 says it's actually to your advantage, it's actually to your advantage that I actually go, because if I don't go, the Holy Spirit can't come into the earth. But if I go, the Father will actually give me the promise of the Holy Spirit, and then I'm going to release him into the earth. Because John the Baptist actually says, you know, I baptize with water, but there's one coming after me that will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. That was who John the Baptist was talking about. And guys, I believe that right now that we are the John the Baptist generation, ushering in the second coming of the Lord, preparing a way for the Lord. There is one that comes after me that baptizes you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And this is actually what took place in Acts chapter 2. It was the gift, and this is the key, it was the gift of the Holy Spirit. And it was the gift of fire that fell, out of, fell upon a people. And this is truly God with us. I will send my Holy Spirit... In John 14, he says, I go to prepare a place for you. If it were not so, I would have not told you. Jump down to verse 23. It says, if you believe my word, basically you make a decision. He says, my father and I will actually come and will actually make our abode with you. It's the same word, abode, mansion. It's called Monet in the Greek. It's the same word. It's a dwelling place. Isn't that amazing? People think they're like, you know, Jesus like, ascended and he's up there with a nail and a hammer because he was a carpenter and he's just building us he's up there like Bob the builder up there just building us a place so that when we actually finally get out of this place we're going to have a cool mansion up there he says if you actually tear down this temple he says I'll raise it up in three days took him three days to rebuild the temple right I don't know to me it just seems like maybe the dwelling place is here and now and on the inside of us because Luke, Luke 17, 21 says the kingdom of God is on the inside of us. So when we gave our life to Jesus, 
He came on the inside of us and recreated our human spirit. This is where you get the whole thing born again. When, John, when, when Jesus told Nicodemus in John 3, you must be born again to actually even understand what I'm saying. You've got to be born again. He was talking about the spirit on the inside of you that was actually destroyed in the garden when Adam and Eve made their decision. Jesus actually came and he set us back on fire and made us alive again. The gift of the Holy Spirit, guys, is really what I felt God really wanted us to kind of just push into tonight. The Holy Spirit comes and lives on the inside of us, and Pastor Howard has been an incredible teacher in my own journey um, teaching about this. But the Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of us, and then the Holy Spirit comes on us for power for others, for ministry unto others. I do want us to read, we can read Acts 3, I don't even know where I am in my notes, Um, Acts chapter 3, I do want us to, I like Chris Valentin at Bethel, he always says, let's read a verse so that we can say that we uh, um, really had a service, even though he's up there just in the word, you know. But I do want us to see this picture as we just talk more about the Holy Spirit tonight. So here we are with Peter, Acts 3. The Holy Spirit has been poured out. A bunch of people have already been added to the church. I'm going to read verses 1 through verses 10. Is that okay with y'all? Olivia, you good with that? Okay. Y'all got y'all's word? Amen. All right. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, right? Come on. Man, I could go there too. (laughs) Chapter 3, verse 1. Now Peter and John, that's my boy Peter, went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, It was the ninth hour, and a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. Isn't it interesting that this man was placed right in front of a church, begging for money? Some sweet old nasty religion. Sitting at the door of a church... All you can do is give that man a sucker and some change. It's an indictment. And fixing his eyes on him with John and Peter, or fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us, meaning get your eyes off everything else that's distracting you right now. Get your focus off Facebook, off Instagram, off Netflix, off your bank account, off your job, all these things that we're constantly wrestling with and trying to put all of our energy into, you know, to get a breakthrough. He's like, look here. Look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from the natural. From them, right? Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And it says, and he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. 
So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what happened to him. Pretty amazing. Peter. Bold, man. You know, like bringing the gospel. Looking at this dude. Hey, man, I just checked Bank of America. I apologize. It's empty. I I don't have anything for you, right? I mean, if I tried to give you something out of my pocket, I'd just be practicing. I'm that broke. You think that was funny? What if you thought it was funny? Silver and gold have I none, but what I have, I give to you. The question is, what do you have? You got a newsreel off Fox News, talk about the latest stock market swings. What you got? The latest movies that are out? Latest Facebook post? Huh? Latest Taylor Swift song? What do you have that can actually bring breakthrough into somebody's life? Everything else in this world is actually fleeting and passing away. He says, but my words will remain forever. What do you have? Silver and gold have I none, but what I have, I give to you. And this is what the Lord wants us to understand, is that when he actually gave our life to the Lord, when he invaded our life on our Christmas day, that he made us a brand new, a brand new person, and he deposited treasure on the inside of us. He made us brand new, even in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 20, it says, Behold, I make all things new. I think it's verse 17. Behold, how was the Berean up here was getting me. <laughs> Behold, I make all things new. That word in the Greek, it means unused, without blemish, without spot. Some people may say new prototype, never seen before. Even the angels are actually like, I don't know what in the world happened, but how in the world did you, did I see up here on the throne, tabernacle yourself on the inside of this person and make them white as snow? I don't know how you did it. But this is actually what took place, and this is actually what Peter and John were walking around with. Even in Colossians it says, all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge have been deposited. Isn't that amazing? Even Ephesians 3 Paul says that I was called to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ that we have access to. And the only way to actually really truly understand who in the world you are and what you have access to is to actually know the Word of God. Isn't that amazing? Really wasn't planning on going deep into that. But if you don't know the Word, you don't know you. Simple as that. James actually likens it unto a mirror. Saying that if you actually hear even what I'm saying right now, or you hear a verse and then you walk away and you don't apply it to your life, you're a forgetful hearer. It's actually like you looking into the mirror, walking away and forgetting what you look like. This right here is your mirror. This right here tells you what in the world the Lord did on Christmas Day on the inside of you. It says, in the beginning was the Word. It wasn't a book 
It was a person that had something to say. He spoke, it says, the worlds into existence. You read this in Hebrews. He spoke the very worlds into existence. It says they all kind of hang together in balance by His Word. It says the Word in John 1 became flesh, boom, and dwelt among us. Heaven's mandate for us is that that same Word on the inside of us would also become flesh again through our lives. That we would become Christmas to somebody else. And we're hindering heaven's efforts when we're not in the Word and forgetful hears. The Word is not a book. The Word is a person. It just happens to be wrote down in a book that we can actually remember when the Holy Spirit, even says that this is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will come and bring back to remembrance everything that I've said to you. Some people are like, I can't remember God's Word. I tried reading it. I tried memorizing it. Continue to try, right? You know, don't quit. You lose if you quit. But also say this. This is what your word said. It says the Holy Spirit would bring back to remembrance everything that you actually said. Do you really want to know who you are? Do you really want to know who you are? Dive into the word. You ever seen that movie, Chronicles of Narnia, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe? You know, like when they actually find the wardrobe and they actually like walk through it and they stumble into this like other world? That's the word. That's how God actually wants you to experience the word. That when you open up the wardrobe, you walk through it. It just seems like a leather-bound book. But oh my God, I got caught up like Paul. Got caught up into the third heaven. That's amazing. That should be an appetite. There's nothing like meta, metaverse, all that stuff. It just says something about humanity. They want to experience the supernatural. They want to experience something more than this place that's rotting, this earth that is fleeting and passing away. You know, meta means with, God with us. I actually looked it up last night, and I wasn't even trying to get deep into that. It's like, that's interesting. I mean, I know it's a community type of thing, but it was about being with us, God with us, invading the earth, right? So the word, you got to know the word. But even more, the Lord said in Luke 24, 49, stay here in Jerusalem until you've been endued with power from on high. He even said this again in Acts chapter 1. Wait here in Jerusalem until you've been clothed with power from on high. John 20, Jesus walked through this wall, like mesmerizes everybody, and it says that he breathed on them. This is actually where they became saved or They became new on the inside. The Holy Spirit got deposited on the inside of them. But then he also says, hey, hold on a minute. I need you to wait here. Don't go off and try to do ministry and do your own thing. Start your own church. 
I need you to be endued with power from on high. It's the only way that you can fulfill the mission. There is no other way. You might get out there and do some great things, but you still are limited. So he said, wait here until you've been clothed with power from on high. Acts chapter 2, we see the Holy Spirit coming and messing them up in a very good way. Guys, what I really felt in my heart is that we have a special assignment from the Lord. Everybody in this place has a special assignment from the Lord. And it's impossible for you to carry it out. Signs and wonders will follow those who believe. You will do the same things that I did and even greater, is what the Word says. John 15 actually says it's impossible for you to do anything without Him. Isn't that amazing when you look out across the earth and you see all the people that have done amazing things, great exploits, ton of money, building companies, building empires, not knowing Jesus? What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his very soul? So what does it mean by heaven's perspective that you're actually doing something? Apart from me, you can do nothing. What, 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 what is it? Jesus said that I have finished the work that you've called me to do. Even Paul would say I've ran my race. You've got to know what your race is, though in order to run the race. You've got to know what God has deposited on the inside of you and that His Holy Spirit is coming upon you to equip you to carry out the very work. I want to be very confident to say at the end of my day, regardless of what number that is, Lord, I finished the work that you called me to do. I knew what it was, I knew who I was, and I carried out that work. Even Daniel 11.32 says, the people who know their God will display strength and carry out great exploits will display strength like you're not going to like phase me at all and they will carry out great exploits. I believe everybody in here wants to carry out great exploits. You want to do something that's phenomenal with the Lord, with Him, right? We are co-laborers with the Lord and it really is truly up to us in the earth to actually be like Jesus, yielded as a man, walking with the Father, yielded to the Holy Spirit, being directed by every impulse of the Spirit, this is what actually it says in Romans 8. It says that creation longs and groans for Christmas Day. That there would be a Savior that would actually impact their life, would hit them on the road to Damascus, just like Paul, and would flip them upside down. It says creation is longing and groaning. Tampa itself is longing and groaning, it says, for the sons and daughters of God to appear. Not the ones who know all the posts and all the famous people and all the TV shows. You feel me? Like, no, not, not none of that. It brings no deliverance. We are at an hour where creation is longing and groaning, and they're longing and groaning for a breakthrough, and they're longing and groaning for life. And guys, I believe, I believe in this service. Pastor Howard kept saying that the Lord is going to do something special in this season. He's going to do something special in this season. He's going to do special something individually in your life, in, in, in your family, in this church. Marriage, finances, all of it. It's all there, right? But he wants to do something very special. 
And I believe the only way is that if we allow the Holy Spirit to actually come upon us in a new way and allow the gift of the Holy Spirit to take charge. Let's go ahead and do this. Let's go ahead and stand. Gave it to Max. Sorry, Max. Let's just go ahead and just get our hearts um, focused on the Lord. Holy Spirit, I, I thank you. Second Peter 1, all things pertaining to life and godliness have already been deposited on the inside of you. But it says the only way to be partakers of this divine nature is actually believing the promises knowing the word. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you for what you've done. Even before we walk past this moment, guys, I just want you to keep your eyes closed, head bowed. Just start pressing into the Lord. Just start asking him, Lord, what do you want to do? What have you called me to? Dream with the Lord. I'll do exceedingly abundantly all that you could ask or imagine. Dream with the Lord. Come on, dream with the Lord. God ain't called us to live a boring life. There's nothing boring about him. If you're bored in church and bored with Jesus, you ain't met him. May we never lose the wonder. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would fall, God, even as we pray. Lord, that you would enlighten our hearts with a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. That the eyes of our heart may be enlightened so that we may know what the hope of your calling is. What the riches of your glory your inheritance in the saints, and what is that exceedingly great power that actually raised you out of that grave, brought you back to life, and tabernacled yourself inside of our hearts. If there's anybody in here, eyes are closed, heads are bowed, that's saying, hey, Nathan, I liked your message, but I don't even know the Lord. I really genuinely don't even know Him. I don't walk with Him. I may be familiar with church. I may have said a prayer, checked a box when I was six, but I can say right now, when the word says that your life should produce fruit with keeping and repentance, it actually should look and sound a lot different. And you're just saying like, hey, I, I don't really feel like my life is reflective of Jesus himself becoming Lord over me. If that's you, even if it's somebody that's online or will watch this later on down the road, we just wanna take a moment you can raise your hand. I won't call you up to the front like I had to go up to the front. Let's just say this is a family for all those. There's nobody in this room, but for all those who may be online, may watch this podcast down the road. Holy Spirit, we thank you for these individuals. Let's just pray it together. Lord Jesus. We thank you for coming into the earth to find me at my worst, to save my soul, to set me free, to pull all the years of bondage, shame, and mistakes off my life in a moment.
Lord, I give you my life. I give you all of me for all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's just continue to press in for a moment. Thank you, Jesus. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Even as Pastor Howard shared with us last week, it was about going. It was about moving. It was about walking outside the four walls of this church. Holy Spirit, we are saying that we need you and that we acknowledge that apart from you, we can't do anything, but with you, we can do all things. Lord, may we be like you said in John chapter 12 where the grain of wheat goes into the ground and it dies. And because it dies, it actually rises again and actually produces a harvest. Lord, may it be said of us that they overcame them by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, but it says they did not love their lives so much to shrink from death. May it be these people, the John the Baptist generation, and we're just asking. You said us being natural, if we ask, if our kid would come and ask us for a gift, we know how to give good gifts, but how much more will you give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? So if you really want more of the Holy Spirit, you can just simply ask Him even in your seats right now. And Holy Spirit, we are asking, would you release yourself upon us again in a, in a, in a fresh new way? We thank you, even as we read in Acts, that your release of your Spirit was not just a one-time thing, that it was a perpetual release so that times of refreshing can come from the presence of the Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that the train of your robe fills the temple. That the train of your robe fills the temple. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming, and it continues to come. There is no end to it. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lord, we stand here in your presence before your throne. Grateful. Grateful. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for coming on Christmas Day. If that was all you did, that would be enough. But then you gave us yourself. You said that you would be in us and that you linked your spirit with our spirit and you made us just like you. Restored us back to the image, back to innocence again. So Lord, we thank you and we glory in what you've done. And Lord, we know that you're not done even in this service. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled. So Lord, I ask that you would fill us, God, even at this hour. May we never be the same again. May we never be the same again. May we never be the same again. May our eyes burn with the same fervency and fire that we actually get to read about with that fire that burns in your eyes on the throne. Would you awaken us in the name of Jesus? Awake, O sleeper, and rise from the dead so that he can actually give you light. In the name of Jesus, even the people who will watch this later on down the road, may your word be like fire and spark and rekindle the embers. Embers fan it into flame even as we pray. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We just bless this moment. Thank you, Jesus.